Will They Find a Home? Sponsored by Geico. Steve is intrigued by the paranormal. Otherworldly spirits really make a house a home, you know? Janice has different taste. I'd like my house to not be haunted. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Steve and Janice found a renovated Victorian that's only haunted from 9 to 5. Okay, wife's home. Y'all gotta bounce. Bye, Steve. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Oh, hello. My goodness. If it isn't, what? The third or fourth week of February, the fourth. And the last. Wow. Man, oh man. We're getting to that point uh, where winter is now just kind of a drag. At least for me, I always enjoy uh, the first part of the winter. You're like, oh boy, all right, it's getting cooler out. You're starting to smell fires like uh, from neighbors' chimneys and stuff uh, outside. That's always nice. You got Thanksgiving, then ah, the Christmas season's wonderful with the uh, cold weather and the snow and whatever. And then when January rolls around, you're like, all right, getting pretty bitter cold. Uh, but, you know, to be expected, winter just kind of feels like it just started. But now, February, March, just, all right, let's let's move on, huh? Especially March. March and April, in some ways, are my least favorite months because, the, because of the weather. It's just like, whenever the end of March or the beginning of April roll around, I'm always like, it should be warm. And, mo- and quite often it isn't. It can still get really chilly. Even into May, especially if you live somewhere like Chicago, geez, where summer doesn't start until July 1st sometimes, and then uh, winter begins uh, September 1st. (laughs) Man. But hey, that's all right. We'll keep things cozy and comfortable, and uh, dare I say hot, because this week's guest, oh boy, what a looker. What a looker. I believe recently named the most attractive person on the planet by Attractive People magazine. And, uh, hey, that's no, that's no, uh, you know, uh, slight reward there. That is, that's a big, that's a big accomplishment. Attractive People magazine naming you a most, most attractive person of the year on the planet. And that person is our guest today. Of course, I'm talking about you. Thank you for being here. Uh, if it's your first time here, welcome. If uh, if you're a return visitor, my gosh, great to see you again. We've got uh, some fun stuff this week. And uh, it starts with this week's sponsor. Oh, it's a good one. Our sponsor this week, <laughs> a cup. Don't you love, <laughs> aren't you thankful for cups? Because listen, <laughs> without cups, I mean, what would we what would we drink out of? We'd have to either just put our mouths right there on some faucets or or what, what are you going to do? Pour a soda into your hands and sip it out of your hands? No, you need you need a cup, don't you? And uh, thank goodness we've got them. I guess uh, maybe what if we didn't have cups, we just had bowls. But then you would feel like a dog or a cat, wouldn't you? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, without cups, maybe we would, we would all uh, be drinking out of like giant hamster bottles. Where you would just, they would sort of be hanging in your house and you would walk up and, uh, you know, tilt your head up and just sip from uh, one of those. That wouldn't be as good. You want a cup. 
And thank goodness, I mean, if we didn't have cups, we'd just be pouring liquids all over the place. And uh, that's that can get messy and sticky. And uh, let's not forget, let's say you want some coffee. I mean, <laughs> cups also uh, kind of protect us a little bit from the temperature of the, the beverage, don't, don't they? So... <laughs> We, I know, I know what you're thinking. Well, Josh, when I fill a, a mug, a coffee mug with, uh, with coffee, I, it gets hot. Yeah, sure it does. But just think about how hot it, <laughs> it would be if you poured that coffee straight into your hands. That's that's all I'm saying here. So I certainly appreciate uh, a cup for being uh, our sponsor. I hope you enjoy a cup or a many this this week. And uh, if I seem giddy today, it's because, uh, well, I am. I'm in, a, I'm in a good mood. There's a lot to be thankful for and a lot to enjoy out there. And I hope, well, uh, you certainly look good. I hope you're feeling good. And I hope you're enjoying many things out there. We've got a special treat this week uh, in regards to our visit to Vocabulary Station. Ah. Oh, it's brisk, brisk on this train. But because uh, what we're doing today is standing, we're not in the in the car itself. I I, I think we've stopped. Uh, <laughs> it was a shorter. It felt like a shorter trip this week, didn't it? Just a <laughs> a couple of toots, not the whole, not the whole thing. But that's all right. Oh, I see what's happened. It's uh, there's something there's something faulty up there. We're gonna have to walk the rest of the way to Vocabulary Station. But that's okay. We've got our jackets and our hats, and we'll be fine. Today's uh, visit to Vocabulary Station includes two submissions. One is the word itself. The other is a very special thing, and uh, I I think we'll have fun with it. But I'd like to get to the word first. It comes to us from Carly, and I'm going to teach you. We'll go ahead and, and, and do the noun and the verb of this. The noun is defenestration. Defenestration. Now, you might be familiar with the word fenestration. It actually came up on the air uh, on the Bob and Tom show uh, a week or so ago where, where Tom mentioned fenestration, which is the arrangement of windows and doors, uh, particularly on the elevated parts of a building. So if you're standing on a sidewalk and you're looking up at, say, a, a large hotel, you could go, oh, my, look at the unique fenestration there. And what you're talking about is how the windows are. Uh, not necessarily the style of glass, but how they are arranged on the front of the building, like on the face of the building, that kind of thing. And, of course, uh, the same goes, you can, you can have indoor fenestration, which would be how the doors are arranged, all that stuff. So defenestration is, is uh, you know, fenestration being sort of the root there, Defenestration means, I, I, this is a fascinating word, the act of throwing something or someone out of a window. So uh, if a man <laughs> were to toss uh, his enemy, uh, let's say uh, uh, there was a bad guy and he was, uh, uh, my goodness, doing some awful things in, in a hotel room and a, a, a hero came in and said, uh, we can't have this, and he defenestrated <laughs> A man, it means he threw him right out the window. How about that? Now, it can also mean like an immediate dismissal or um, expulsion from uh, public office or a job. It, it can mean that. It can mean like a quick e ejection from uh, – well, or removal, I should say. Um, swift uh, defenestration. So 
some of you might be a lot happier at work uh, if your uh, if upper management were defenestrated from the uh, the office. Now, <laughs> I don't mean thrown out the window, although that might make some of you happy to watch your boss plummet too. But um, uh, if they were removed from their their uh, role there, their position. You can defenestrate somebody from their position. So, I think it's great. Defenestration. <laughs> it sounds so much cooler than, uh, yeah, I threw a guy out the window. Man, I defenestrated that dude. <laughs> and if you know what it means when they say, oh my gosh, what what was what were the circumstances there? Now, uh, thank you, Carly, for uh, letting me, uh, for filling us in on, on that word. And we received a special... A special treat from John. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not John. From Zachary. Zachary, uh, we'll get to John's thing later. Zachary writes uh, that uh, he's enjoying the off-the-wall words that that we uh, come across on uh, when we visit Vocabulary Station. And he goes on to say, I'm not sure if my creative writing professor from college would be amused or ashamed by this. Um... And what what he's referring to is a quick story. Uh, it looks to be. I have not read it all because I wanted to read it for the first time on the, uh, you know, uh, here right along with you. Um, but it looks to be a quick story where he has used every vocabulary station word uh, that we've done since the beginning of this podcast. So that would be about 19, uh, something like that, um, because... Defenestration. He didn't. I think that's the twentieth. Was not aware of that one yet. So maybe I'll add that in here somewhere. Uh, if uh, Zachary, I don't mean to take liberties with your your art here, but uh, I may. If there's a spot here where I think defenestration works, I'll go ahead and jam it in. And I have a feeling the fun of this story will be that these words really <laughs> are jammed in where they necessarily, where maybe they shouldn't be. We'll find out. But what a fun thing. And he says to keep Vocabulary Station going. And guess what? Uh, it will. But I don't know if you guys noticed on the right here, there's been some construction going on. Uh, so I think some changes are afoot. But they're all positive changes. I looked at some of the plans. And uh, I, I was there during the uh, the permit hearings. And uh, everything, all the permits have been granted. The changes are taking place. And I think everyone's going to really like them. Uh, although... Uh, vocabulary station. I'll warn you, vocabulary station is in the process of being torn down. But something much bigger and uh, dare I say, better is being constructed. So exciting stuff. Uh, anyway, um, Zachary threatens to uh, send these uh, every month. <laughs> but maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get him to send them every. Uh, I'll make it harder on him, and I'll let him know. Hey man, maybe every twenty, every twenty words you can write. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, without further ado, this is Zachary's story where he uses the la- the the first 19 words from Vocabulary Station. An awkward demeanor is mao juste for describing my approach to women. I know from experience that it is that it is always a mistake to nictate in the direction of a Xantippe. The last time I did in her objurgatory leer sent horripilation throughout my senses as an omnium gatherum of nervous energy threw my mind into a state of farctate. Ever since high school, my condition as an acercicomic and a recurring tendency to be a blatherskite spouting sesquip... 
Pedalian language has made my dating life difficult. I also have an off-putting mesophonia brought on by people who mispronounce common words. Even when I find myself successful in securing a date, <laughs> my brumotactylophobia sends my date out of the restaurant in a frightened rush before she had even touched her her uh, noisette. I'm laughing because I don't remember if that's actually how it's pronounced. <laughs> Her reaction could also have been caused by learning of my record for committing macropicide. But who knows? Maybe one day I'll find that special someone to hang the finial dabra with. That will be an unsomatic day indeed. In spite of myself, it will remain my habitude to be my awkward self because that is what makes me unique. And if things get too tough, I shall commit self-defenestration. <laughs> All right. Yes, that does deserve some applause and some yays. Indeed. My goodness, Zachary. Now, I bet even uh, the most careful and focused listener of that Josh Arnold podcast would have difficulty telling you exactly what happens in that little uh, story there. I did, and I know all the meaning of all those words. <laughs> Which brings up an interesting point. Uh, that perhaps what we learn at Vocabulary Station should be used sparingly. <laughs> so, Zachary, this was awesome. I would like to think that your college professor would be would be both amused. A little annoyed uh, at you, but would certainly be proud of you for taking the time to do that and uh, uh, for practicing context and all that's good stuff. Just awesome work. You misspelled Zantippi. Okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> uh, wonderful stuff, Zachary. Thank you. And uh, yes, we will make. We'll have to make that a regular thing, whether it be every ten words, every twenty, uh, whatever. How fun. Uh, thank you for that. And thank you, Carly, for this week's word, defenestration, throwing someone or something out of a window. How, how awesome is that? Um, this is not, uh, defenestration per se, but I was reminded recently of one of my favorite punk songs by a group called the Bouncing Souls, who I'm a fan of. Uh, they're just fun and, uh, and cool and, um, uh, <laughs> if you like punk, you're probably aware of them. Uh, they're not like crazy heavy punk. Uh, I guess they can be, but they are certainly, they've got that raw, um, sort of, uh, garage band feel to them or whatever. Just a blast. But they have a song that I think is so punk rock. It's called, I, you know what? I don't remember if this is the title, but, but pretty much the lyrics are, the, the chorus is who's going to throw the toilet off the roof. And they just keep chanting, who's going to throw the toilet Who's going to throw the toilet off the roof? And I just love, <laughs> I guarantee they were at a party and they were throwing things off the roof and, and they had this old toilet and they went and somebody said, who's going to throw the toilet off the roof? And they did it. And to me, that's just so crazy and fun and just just a great party song. And they went, you know what? We just got to write a song about this, which is in itself sort of punk rock because... <laughs> It's not. Uh, I I I, guess I would imagine it's not universally appealing or all that um, saleable. <laughs> if a band went up to their producer and went, "Hey, we're going to do a song about throwing a toilet off the roof," I'm like what? <laughs> so so awesome. So um, 
Again, not defenestration, but I just wanted to fill you in on uh, that little song I enjoy. You know what else I enjoyed? Let's get right to it. What I enjoyed this week. Oh. Now, nobody's dancing down the street today. I, 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 but if you look up, you can see many people being defenestrated from windows. And uh, they're happy about it. Look at them. Boy, spilling out of windows from that that skyscraper there. And you know why they're happy? Because they're landing. They're landing in giant ice cream sundaes. Isn't that nice? Oh, my. So, yes, they are defenestrating themselves. Some are deciding that they want to be defenestrated. Hey, hey, toss me out into that ice cream sundae, will you? Oh, they're plummeting and laughing and just landing into that soft, delicious ice cream with the whipped cream and the, the syrup and well, whatever you like. What a what a happy thing. Ugh. What would I, I often wonder what my therapist would say about these uh, images that I <laughs> insist on uh, doing whenever that music plays. But I can't help it. I enjoy that music. And you know what else I enjoy? Uh, I'm about to tell you what I enjoyed this week. A few things. I, man, did anybody watch the outdoor hockey games that the NHL put on this weekend? Uh, terrific. So fun, beautiful scenery, good hockey. Uh, it had to have been a blast for those guys to be playing outdoors. A lot of them grew up in Canada or, or uh, northern Minnesota or, or places like that where they would play pond hockey or lake hockey, and this must have been so fun for them. And uh, it sure was great to watch. Ah, and it was uh, the, the the Sunday game was a blowout. I think Boston won seven to two, but still, just so enjoyable and. Uh, Congratulations to the NHL for for putting on a great event. I enjoyed that. I uh, well, what, the one, one thing I'd really like to tell you about is um, a comedy special. And uh, I, you know, because I do comedy f- for a living, I don't watch as much comedy as uh, well as I probably should. I I see plenty. I see a lot, um, particularly. Uh, and, and you know, not as much in this last year, but because I was going, I would travel and do comedy, and I would watch uh, comedians uh, who would perform before me or after me or whatever, and um, it was great getting getting to watch a lot of live comedy. But when it comes down to sitting down and watching a, a comedy special on Netflix or something, I don't do it as often as I, I probably should, because I, um, well, when you're when you're, uh, it's probably the same reason why. Uh, if you are, well, uh, my brother, John, for a long time, uh, did landscaping and, uh, he, he did, did it for a living and he was very skilled at it and he went to school for it. He learned a lot about, um, botany and, uh, and, uh, different, you know, and science and, and all that stuff and aesthetics when it comes to, you know, where to put certain plants and what looks best and all that stuff. He became, he, he was very good at it, but when he came home, the last thing he wanted to do was cut his own grass. And uh, I remember my parents going, hey, when are you going to come over and cut the grass? And he would just be like, geez, why do I why do I have to come over? That's what I do for my job. So there's a little bit of that feeling uh, when I watch comedy. It's like, hey, I, uh, I've i studied a lot. And I, I so, but I still get a lot of joy out of watching, uh, you know, out of uh, watching good comedy. I do. I just don't do it as often. But I recently watched... Uh, a couple spe- the once once one special I'd love to uh, steer you towards is Greg Warren's Where the Field Corn Grows on Amazon Prime. It is 
wonderfully funny. So good. We often joke on the air about how much we dislike Greg Warren, and the reason we do that is because we all love Greg Warren to death. Uh, so it's funny to us to be uh, <laughs> to pretend like we uh, don't care for him and that he's a jerk or whatever. <laughs> Because he's also not a jerk. He's uh, quite quite uh, generous and sweet and uh, funny and nice. So, yeah, uh, anyway, um, he is one of my best friends. I, I should say that. So uh, But I don't want you to think that I'm biased. This is a special that ha- had I n- never known Greg, uh, were I, did I, if I watched it, I would be laughing out loud. And I did laugh out loud a lot at it. But the special I watched this week, uh, you, I'm sure most of you are familiar with this guy. And some of you may even go, oh, I don't, I don't think he's for me. But I'll tell you what, I am a sucker for this guy's comedy. I love it. And I watched uh, his new newest special and laughed out loud a lot. I'm talking about Bob Zaney. And he has a new Drybar special. Uh, Drybar's putting out terrific comedy specials. Uh, they... Um, They've got a bit of an angle. The angle is that they're they're clean, uh, so families can watch them. And in fact, at, in this special, um, there are thirteen year olds and ten uh, year olds and stuff in the audience. But do not uh, confuse clean with lame or uh, boring or un because uh, those specials aren't. And Bob's certainly isn't. It is. I I, th- I found it to be hysterical, but I also find Bob to be so funny. And what I love about this special, it's called "I Think I Handled That Well," and you can find it at Vimeo and uh, other. If you just Google Bob Zaney, "I Think I Handled That Well" or Bob Zaney Comedy Special, you'll find it. And I really recommend it. It's about thirty-eight minutes long, and it is a pure celebration of. What I kind of call old style or classic comedy. He uh, he wears a suit, and um, you don't often you don't see that as much as you used to. That used to be the standard for for comedians, um, but now only a select few do it. And um, I've always loved that. I I would eventually like to be. I, I would like to be a guy who wore a suit on stage. I would. Um, I, I'm not though, because I, ah, boy, you know, maybe I should try it at some point. Maybe I will, but, um, he, he wears a suit and he tells, uh, joke jokes that, you know, a quick setup and a quick punchline. They're very, they can be very rapid fire and, uh, there's not a ton of insight into his own personal life, um, it's mostly just, I am here to make you laugh. I am here to throw as many jokes at you as possible. And for uh, for me, the the vast majority totally work. They totally land for me uh, because they're funny, but they're also, as I said, a celebration of comedy. Kind of like I always said that some of the funniest parts of the Austin Powers movies are the jokes that you see coming from a mile away, and there are plenty, because uh, it's it's just reveling in the joy of humor and of comedy and and taking these old jokes and uh, 
bringing them to life. And so there is some of that um, in Bob's act. And I don't mean that disparagingly at all. To me, it's wonderful. It takes it takes a tremendous amount of skill to do straight jokes, to just do flat out set up punchline comedy. And there are a fair there is a good amount of puns and uh, things like that that some of you might go, okay, this isn't really my cup of tea. But if you sit back and you just sort of let it wash over you and the idea that, hey, this is pure, pure comedy where I'm just going to I'm just putting it out there. You're not going to learn too much about me. You're not going to learn too much about yourself. Let's just let's just have some laughs. If you if you watch it like that, I think you're going to find it infectious. And Bob does some classic almost vaudevillian things he he even and he would be uh, I don't think he would care to hear this he even almost resembles um like an old time comedian sort of a uh WC he's got sort of a WC Fields air about him or an Oliver Hardy air about him and again they may, that might sound that might not sound super flat, flattering but it totally fits and it and it works so well i just found this to be a, a hugely successful special and uh, i hope you do too bob zaney i think i handled that well bob zaney uh as, as some of you are familiar with would call in to the bob and tom show weekly with the zaney report and part of the fun of that was well i think uh the guys liked it when he bombed they, I mean, they were merciless. If you ever heard some of those old Bob, Bob Zaney <laughs> reports, there were times where they uh, got a lot of mileage out of the fact that a joke didn't work, or that, <laughs> or, uh, and they really would beat him up. And when, and so, if you only know Bob from the Zaney report from the Bob and Tom show, you might think he's a bit of a welcome mat. But as when you watch his stand-up, you know that it's anything but. There's he is in complete control. He'll let the audience have it. He'll tease them. He's he's also self-deprecating at the same time, and uh, it's just terrific. Just just uh, so much fun. So instead of watching a rerun of uh, Law and Order SVU or whatever, uh, give this 38 minute special a, a chance. Check it out, Bob Zaney. I think I handled that well. It's uh, boy, it it scratched me where I itch, if you will. Um, I also enjoyed something, um, I guess I'll say something in real life this week, and it got me, uh, you know, thinking back to my to my youth. My neighborhood's interesting. It's uh, essentially one long street um, with a cul-de-sac at the end. So there's not a lot of, not a ton of through traffic. And there's also a fair amount of children that live in the neighborhood. And they will play anywhere they damn well please. <laughs> and I'm I'm not complaining. I'm not I'm not the old grumpy neighbor that uh, you know the get off my lawn type guy. But they do for whatever reason. These kids feel comfortable enough, which says a lot about the neighborhood I live in. That yeah, you know, uh, people are friendly and uh, comfortable, and they feel safe and uh, everything like that. But these kids will. I've, I mean, I have walked out of my house. They'll play anywhere. They play in anybody's yard at any time. And I have walked out of my house before to get the mail, and six neighborhood kids were sitting on my porch. <laughs> they were just sitting on my porch talking, 
And they, I looked at them, and they looked at me, and I didn't really say anything. I, and I went to the mailbox, got my mail, and uh, they continued chatting it up. And I just I walked by them again and walked right into my house, and they just stayed out, <laughs> stayed out there. I just I it it it's somewhat brazen, but uh, they weren't doing anything wrong. You know, they weren't. It makes me a little nervous and like, oh boy, what in that. Uh, my gutter falls off and hits one of them in the head. Maybe I have a problem, but uh, I'll you know I'll get umbrella insurance and I won't worry about it. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, we got a lot of snow uh here, and uh, it was about ten inches or so. And I've got my backyard uh is fairly wooded, but there's enough space. And uh, there are a couple really steep hills that are perfect for sledding. And so the neighborhood kids will sled in my backyard. And uh, on a Saturday or Sunday morning, it's always fun because I Saturday and Sunday mornings are my day to uh, take my time uh, cooking breakfast. And um, I love it. I love it. Uh, I love uh, – I uh, typically what I do – and uh, this may bum some of you out because I'm not – this. I'm giving you a true peek at uh, what Josh Arnold eats uh, as opposed to what Tom would have you believe I eat. <laughs> um, I make, I typically make my own breakfast potatoes, and lately they've been sweet potatoes. So I, I skin sweet potatoes and I dice them and I throw them in my uh, cast iron skillet and uh, hash brown them up, if you will. Uh, in, the, in the meantime, I'll, I also make uh, three or four um, eggs. And um, you know what? Lately it's been three because every time I make four, I go, "Uh, uh, one too many eggs. Uh, (laughs) So lately I've gone, all right, three should be fine. So um, I either scramble them or uh, do sunny side up. I also, uh, if I'm feeling uh, froggy, I will uh, poach. I'll poach them. And then I put those over the potatoes and – uh, sometimes I'll mix if I'm using regular potatoes, not sweet. I'll, I'll dice up some green pepper and onion and throw that in there, and and then I'll make. Uh, I, I treat myself to this really good uh, bacon um, by by. Uh, it's a great brand called Applegate, where it, it, just terrific stuff. It is pricey, uh, but that's you know. I think there are some things where you go. Eh, it's the weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna treat myself, and while I'm cooking, I have a, a cup of coffee, and I I just love it. It's really relaxing. It's a great way to start a Saturday and Sunday. And this weekend was particularly nice because there was so much snow on the ground and the sun was shining. So you get that wonderful, just so much sunlight and and uh, just it really brightens up the inside, uh, you know. And so it was a nice, cheery kitchen while I was. And the kids were outside sledding. And it was so fun every now and again while I'm dicing or while I'm uh, cleaning a dish. Uh, you know, during the cooking process, um, to look out and see see these kids do exactly what my brothers and I or my friends and I would do when we were their age, when we were 8 or 10 or 12, sledding. Uh, how they would go down a sled on their own, and then they would go, hey, I'm going to try going head first. And then they would go, let's see how many of us we can cram into one sled and go down. And then let's do a train where I hang onto the the front of your sled and somebody hangs onto the back of mine, and they they all and it, uh, it was just really not it was really fun to watch, and uh, they were having a, a great time laughing, 
wrecking into each other. Uh, and, ah, boy, it just brought back really terrific memories of being a kid on snow days and uh, how fun that was getting, first off, boy, finding out that you had a snow day. Oh, uh, amazing, amazing. Now, there were two types of snow days. One was more common than the, than the other, uh, and that was the um, I hope we have a snow day, snow day, where the night before there's all this talk of snow and you go, man, it might be enough to uh, cancel school. There might just be. Uh, but you don't stay up too late because you're not sure if it's going to happen. I should actually say there are three snow days. So the first one is you weren't sure if it was going to happen. So you went to bed at your regular time, but there was this sort of uh, hopeful hopefulness of, uh, man, I, I sure uh, sure would love for tomorrow to be a snow day. And you go to sleep, and then you either wake up at your regular time and find out, you know, you listen for the school postings on the radio or on television to see uh, if the school clo- if your school was closed. So you wake up at, at your regular time and you watch TV or listen to the radio and go, all right, and you just look for your name, look for the school. I remember my school was in the Rockwood School District, and they wouldn't really call off uh, individual schools. They would just say Rockwood School District closed. And I remember sometimes turning on the radio or the TV and they'd be on the uh, S's. Like, ah, I have to wait for them to go all the way through the alphabet before I find out if Rockwood is off. Other times you'd wake up and go, what the heck? It's 720. It must be a snow day. My mom let me sleep in. And, uh, oh, so that was great. You excited about that. The other two types of snow days, there's one where you knew it was going to be a snow day. The weather was so bad the night before, they went, ah, school's canceled tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> then it was a real party that night. You could stay up as late as you liked, knew that you had to, the next day off to go sledding or whatever. And, uh, boy, just so fun. Staying up late on a school night when you normally uh, were unable to. And then the third type, of course, is that's that. And this is the rarest one, I think. At least it feels like it was for me when I was a kid. The out-of-nowhere snow day where you didn't, there was no talk of um, snow or ice on the, the weather the night before. Um, man, I really feel like I can only remember like this happening twice, where you were just completely oblivious of any weather. Maybe it wasn't even predicted. Maybe uh, this was a total surprise to everybody, the meteorologists and all, and you would be woken up by your parents or, or you know, either the regular time going, hey, you can sleep in, it's a snow day. What? Or you, uh, you woke up at 8, and you went, what the heck's going on? And you walk out, and your parents go, yeah, it's a snow day. And you look, and sure enough, <laughs> snow or and or ice on the ground. You're like, oh, my gosh, what a terrific surprise. How cool is that? I think my favorite of the three would have been the we knew it was a snow day coming, that thing. Oh, my, because that night, just stay up and watch Movies or play, uh, I'm uh, 43, so, boy, am I 43 or 42? I was born in 78. I will be 43 in May. (laughs) Uh, Jeez. Anybody smell oranges? So, uh, I am 42, and so Super Nintendo, just stay up late playing Super Nintendo with your brothers or or your friends. Ah, what a great time. And And then you knew that you had the whole next day to just do whatever you wanted. So, so fun. And when I grew up, my backyard, 
our backyard was uh, it was it wasn't. I'm not going to say hilly. It was slanted. So from the deck to the end of our to the you know to the back the the, the farthest end of the backyard, there was just a gradual slant that went down. And if I had to guess, um, it probably the grade. I don't know percentages of grades. So I'm going to say from the top of the slant to the bottom, there was probably a difference in elevation of eight feet, something like that. So if you stopped, if you started at the stop and you got a good push, let's say somebody was pushing you, or the uh, the snow were particularly slick, you could get some speed. You can get a you can get a decent amount of speed all the way down, uh, all the way to the fence. Now, for me, the best sledding in in, in my book. First off, you got to talk sleds, all right? I have never been a fan and never was, even as a kid, of the saucer sled, uh, whether be they metal or plastic. I And I think there are a few reasons. One, I was a chubby kid um, most of the time. There were times where I, I, were, I was actually a skinny kid, um, but... Most of the time I was a chubby kid, and I just wasn't physically comfortable on a saucer. I had to sort of pull my legs in and <laughs> sort of cram myself into that uh, crisscross applesauce um, style of sitting, which <laughs> we didn't call it that then, but uh, no reason to go. And so uh, we, um, yeah, to be crammed on that. And then I also didn't like that you couldn't really... You couldn't necessarily control where the saucer went. I understand that's part of the fun. Like, oh, but I like to face forward and really and sort of aim for something or see where I was going. That's I've, I've always preferred that. I I also didn't care for the old-fashioned sled, the wood with the metal rails. Um, you know, your classic It's a Wonderful Life type sled. Although I think in, it's a, in a Wonderful Life they may have been at least some of the kids were were uh, sledding on shovels, which if you've never done, we did it one year. We tried it, and the ice had was so packed down that when we got on these shovels, what you would do is you'd put the shovel between your legs and you'd sit on the uh, the the actual shovel part and then hold onto the handle and kind of pull it back, and uh, you could end up going down a hill that way. And one time we did that, and we flew it was so fast and uh i couldn't believe how fun that was not comfortable but man you just put your legs up and you just with with the giant stick between your legs sticking up and you just we flew down this hill and um anyway uh, the old-fashioned sleds with the uh you know the tracks whatever uh, there you can steer them so that's kind of fun you grab the two wood planks there you can either steer with your feet or your hands if you're going ahead first and you kind of cut through the snow, but I didn't really. Uh, those weren't as fun to me as, as what I think are the best sleds, the the plastic toboggan type sleds. These things you could stretch your legs out. Um, you could they they typically would go really fast, so they were comfortable and thrilling. Yeah, they were so great, and we had a red one. I wish somehow we knew the brand of this thing. This sled lasted us a good six years, and in fact, it cracked down the center. It, there was a huge crack down the center of it, and the sled still worked, I'd say, at 95% of its capacity. Some snow would get up in that crack and slow you down a little. 
But other than that, I mean, that thing, we had that thing forever until I think it was my brother Joe tried to build like a go-kart type thing and ruined it. He, he drilled into it and he, he affixed it to some lumber. <laughs> and that was the end of the great red sled. <laughs> but uh, the um, that sled was great. These toboggan sleds, so awesome. And I think the finest sledding isn't the first day of snow. It's like the second or third where you've made tracks in the snow and they've had time to harden and freeze over and now they're just they're like they're just like ice. <laughs> and you you could put that toboggan in that track and just almost slalom or uh or a bobsled your way down. Just so fun. And uh man, you'd get such great speed. And sometimes it was a lot of fun if there was something at the bottom of the hill that you had to avoid because we wouldn't just like like a fence. You had to bail off your sled. <laughs> Pardon me. Oh, uh, you had to <laughs> bail uh, off your sled before you either slammed into the fence, which at our house were aluminum, or one time at my grandpa at my, my grandparents' house, uh, I didn't bail and I didn't just hit the fence. I went under it. The <laughs> There was enough give at the bottom of the fence where my feet shot under the fence and kind of lifted it up a little bit, and I, I just went right under this fence. And by right under, I mean one of the points of the uh, aluminum scraped my body from shin to face. <laughs> and I had a huge scrape on my face, and my grandma... Uh, none too thrilled with my brother Jeff and I for, uh, for thought maybe Jeff should be watching me more. Not his fault at all. I didn't bail like I was supposed to. And uh, when I looked in the mirror, this cut, I was, uh, boy, I was, I was young. I was probably seven or eight. Was so close to my eye that my grandma was really kind of flipping out. She was like, if you had, if you had been <laughs> half a centimeter to the left, you would have lost your eye, that kind of thing. And I think she's right. <laughs> She's right. At the very least, it would have snagged me by the eyelid, and uh, I would <laughs> I would have been uh, stuck for a second. But uh, oh boy, good stuff. When when I uh, there other uh, there were other places we would go sledding where we you had to bail before you fell into a creek. <laughs> and I say fell into a creek. You didn't just you wouldn't just go into the creek. It was like a six foot drop. There was like a small cliff, and then the creek, and. When our friend Spencer <laughs> went faster than he thought he was going to on a sled and for whatever reason didn't bail and flew off that six-foot cliff <laughs> and we couldn't even see him because we just saw him and he, he disappeared behind the cliff and then we just heard sploosh. <laughs> we were on the ground howling. First off, Spencer was a great guy. He was one of my best friends. But bad things always seemed to happen to him. Like, he was kind of the unlucky. There were a lot of times where he was just unlucky. <laughs> so he was, you know, that guy, that that that, that person, uh, girl or guy, whatever, in your group of friends, that it was just like, okay, I'm, 
it, it it's funny if it happened to anybody. It's really funny because it happened to them, and it was really funny because it happened to Spencer. And he uh, I, I, <laughs> he climbed back up that like six foot wall, and he was so mad at us for laughing as hard as we were. And in all earnestness, he yelled at us. And this was the first time I'd ever heard this word. Uh, it's not it's not a curse word or anything like that. But he just yelled, "It's not funny." I have hypothermia, and uh, I, I didn't know what it meant, but it, boy, it made us laugh. <laughs> and he didn't have hypothermia, but uh, I guess if he had laid there for a while, he could have. Oh, hilarious. Just, we loved it. Spencer's also uh, the guy who, uh, <laughs> uh, we, oh, no. Okay, yes, yeah. He had a BB gun, and it was like this rifle, you know, kind of the, one of those air pump um, it was, I don't know that it was airsoft, but it was uh, an air pump thing. You would pump up the the trigger, or the, um, the 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 pump, I guess, or whatever. And uh, the more you pumped it, the faster the BB would come out. And I don't think they were they weren't metal BBs. They were like the little plastic ones or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> he had this thing out, and uh, we were like, dude, careful with it. Um, and he goes, oh, it's not loaded. It's not loaded. <laughs> and he goes, see? And he pointed it to the ground, and he shot it. And a plastic BB flew out and hit my buddy Nathan in the foot, and he was only wearing sandals. <laughs> and Nathan... <laughs> Nathan goes, ah! And as quick as anything, the, the fastest reflexes I've ever seen, yanked the BB gun out of Spencer's hands and immediately started pumping it up. And within 10 seconds must have pumped it. It, it feels like 40 times just as much as he could. Meanwhile, Spencer is running as fast as he can across the yard. And Nathan just very, he quickly pumped it and very assuredly lifted it to it, lifted it, aimed it, and shot Spencer in the back of the neck. <laughs> and this thing, I mean, you heard it hit Spencer, this little plastic BB, and he <laughs> he screamed and fell to the ground, and uh, Nathan was still, he, he Nathan was angry, so he wasn't really laughing. He was, he was proud. He was, it, it was like, it was so soldier-like or, or, or something. He did. He was just like, "Yep, uh, that's what I wanted to happen." He was very just confident in what he'd done. Spencer was uh, upset, you know, in pain, rolling on the ground, and I, I, I don't know if I've ever laughed this. I was laughing so hard that, <laughs> that I, I just couldn't take it. And uh, <laughs> oh boy, that that was that was awesome. Spencer's also the guy who I, I feel I feel bad about this to this day. We were having a snowball fight. And he decided, to, he was like, all right, I got to go. I'm going to go have lunch or whatever. And we're like, all right. So I grabbed uh, a, a, a bit of snow, and I, I really packed it in my hands, just making the perfect snowball. <laughs> and, I mean, I packed this thing tight, and uh, it was wet snow. I mean, this thing, quite honestly, I, should, I, I had no business throwing it. And so, uh, <laughs> I mean, it felt like a baseball in my hands. <laughs> And I, I, in my head, I'm going, all right, I'm just going to hit him in the back as he's uh, leaving. And I throw it pretty hard, and it's arcing through the air and heading towards Spencer's back. 
And then another neighborhood kid, and I don't know if he did this uh, for the the ultimate result or not, but he goes, hey, Spencer. And Spencer turned around, and this thing, this ball hit him square in the face, just right on the bridge of the nose. And it, it, it was so tightly packed that it didn't even explode. It just, it hit him, and it was like he got hit in the face with a baseball. And I ran up to him. <laughs> I'm laughing only only because everybody's okay, but <laughs> I ran up to him, and he was already crying. <laughs> this is, this I probably sound like a monster for giggling, but it was just it's just one of those memories. And uh, boy, did I get in trouble. He he was crying, and there was no consoling him. And he ran home. And uh, his mom came over to my house later and just gave me the business. Man, laid into me so hard. And uh, I had already felt real guilty about it. And it was one of those things where um, I, it was, uh, I shouldn't have done it. I, I shouldn't have. Uh, it would have been funny if it had hit him in the, back, in the back, and I think he would have laughed it off. But in this case, he, he did get hurt. Uh, <laughs> And uh, but, you know, uh, three hours later, we were playing again. It was one of those things where kids just quickly forgive and forget. Uh, but I, I still have a little bit of guilt about that because it really, it really, really nailed him. One of the things I, I also remember fondly on these snow days, my um, dad would make fried chicken. Every time there was a snow day, he would break out our deep fryer. Like this, uh, it looked like kind of like a crock pot or whatever. And he had this oil um, and then he would make up his own batter with flour and whatever. And these spices, I don't know what, I don't know what the recipe was, but he would take uh, all kinds, you know, thighs, breasts, legs, all of it and uh, batter them up. And uh, the the deep fryer was, was pretty small. So we could only do like two or three pieces at once. And uh, it would take, it seemed to take forever. It seemed to take hours him preparing the batter and 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 then uh egg washing the chicken and then dipping it into the batter and and putting him in the basket and lowering it into the fryer and the smell of the oil and the the sound of the 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 popping batter and, and the chicken frying and everything for whatever reason he always did it on a snow day and never any other time we we never had one of his fried chicken dinners any other time but on snow days. And I would have loved to have, I, you know, I wish I would have asked him, hey, was that something that your mom did or your parents did when you were a kid on snow days or something? Why why only snow days? And, uh, oh, boy, what a nice. And his fried chicken was delicious, delicious. Homemade, fr- there's nothing like homemade fried chicken. Man, oh, man, I've never tried it. And uh, maybe I will. I want Maybe my mom has that recipe even. Um, but you know what? I, I question why we only got it on the snow days, but I think I would do the exact same thing. And even though I don't have kids, um, if, if, if it were a snowy day, uh, I, yeah, I think I would save it for that. Um, you know, and the other weird thing is I never knew how planned it was. I don't, I don't remember our pantry or whatever being, being full of uh, whatever oil he used to cook, um, whatever spices he used uh, in the batter, and uh, 
it always seemed like this stuff came out of nowhere. And I would also, I should also ask my mom if when there was talk of uh, potential snow days, if they went out and got the stuff, how premeditated it was. Because it always kind of seemed like ma- like just spontaneous magic. Just, hey, it's a snow day and uh, we're going to have fried chicken. And you know what else is interesting about it now that I think about it? We never asked for it. We never, and in fact, there were mornings, it would be a snow day and we were so excited about the sledding and, and all that stuff. That when you walked in and you saw him preparing, when I, you know, I'd walk in and see him preparing the fried chicken and go, oh, that's right. We get fried chicken because it's a snow day. How weird. I, yeah, I've, I've got to find out if, how premeditated it was. Or you know what? Maybe that's something that I shouldn't ask about. Maybe that's something I should just remember and kind of uh, let it be a tiny little mystery uh, in my life and in, 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 uh, in the life of my family. And just going, yeah, man. I don't know how. I don't. I, I, I'm leaning towards that now. I think. I, I don't think I want to know all the answers. And you know, maybe that's something to consider. Maybe when we are being wistful about our past, or we're, um, you know, remembering things fondly and, and having little daydreams uh, about our own personal histories and stuff. Maybe when these questions come up, we should just uh, sort of. Swim in them and not worry about the answers. Uh, just enjoy the little mysteries. Man, oh man, did my parents talk about, hey, you know, it's, it might be a snow day. Uh, let's have some fried chicken. Or was it serendipitous? Was it, oh, well, let's see if we've got the ingredients. And lo and behold, they had them for whatever. Boy, uh, little things like that. Little little questions that sometimes I go, ah, man, I wish I would have. I think we all have people in our lives that have uh, died or, or have left, our, you know, that we don't talk to anymore for one one reason or another. And we go, ah, I really would have liked to have talked to them more about this or that or anything um, and, and learned more about uh, sort of how they operated and what what went into some of their decisions and uh, whether they be something small like making fried chicken every snow day or something big like. What, when did you know that you were in love with mom or with dad? Stuff like that. And I'm going to suggest that that's the thing that we work on this week. Oh, yes. Ah, because even, you know, these strolls down memory lane, I think are they can be fairly bittersweet. Where you look on, you look back on things with uh, happiness and joy, and then you you do get a little sad or emotional because uh, you know that stuff is gone and that stuff has has passed. But I'm a firm believer, and uh, oh boy, I know my my dad was uh, a firm believer that a one's life should be celebrated and not not uh, you know the their passing shouldn't necessarily be mourned. Just celebrate their life, and uh, it's something my brothers and and sisters-in-law and everybody tr- really try to do uh, with my dad. It's only been a little over a year since he passed away, and and uh, we certainly try to do that. You've heard me mention him before, and you'll hear me mention him again because he would want to be mentioned. He would want to be talked about. And, uh, boy, I, I certainly, um, you know, memories can be difficult, but they, I, I, I really do believe uh, overall they're a blessing. So maybe this week, think about 
um, somebody in your life and something you'd really like to know about them. And it can be big or small. And, uh, and by the way, as I'm saying this, it also sounds a little trite. We've all heard this. Hey, make sure you spend time with the people you love, uh, you know, before it's, uh, for lack of a better term, too late. Or, um, or uh, ask, ask them questions. Learn about their lives and their history and stuff like that. It does feel a little trite, but I think there's something really to that. Take the time to ask one of your grandparents or your, your parents or anybody, hey, when we were little, you guys did this, and was it planned or was it uh, not? Or anything you want to know about them. Why did you decide to go into that career field? Why did you decide to join the Army? Why did you, when did you know that you wanted to ask Dad out on a date? Anything like that. And some of it may seem embarrassing because we 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 tend to forget that our parents uh, and our grandparents are are human beings uh, that they had lives before us and um, uh, and to a certain extent uh, after we move out and and have our own families they have lives after us and uh, sometimes it's hard for us to admit that they've got the same uh, desires and uh, interests as anybody <laughs> so but but I, what i'm saying is don't be embarrassed or ashamed or afraid to uh, talk to somebody this week it doesn't have to be something major it can be something minor like what was your first car and uh, how did you buy it anything like that i think you'll be really happy that you asked and uh i also believe the person you're asking will would be really happy that you asked too and they would be Really, really happy to share memories with you. So make that the thing you work on this week. Ask somebody you love about themselves. Find out a little, find out something about them that you don't know. And in fact, that's one of my favorite questions. I've asked it before of people, and uh, it's, an, it's an easy question to ask. And they, uh, and it's fairly easy to answer because they can choose kind of the topic. Just ask somebody you love. What is something about you that I don't know? It's a very simple question. And, uh, oh, I think the answers you get will be fascinating. So give that a shot. And let's uh, hang out again next week.